Hello, my friends, and welcome to Joke and Joe's Wrestling Radio, right here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I'm Jolton Joe, along with my co-hosts, the new mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, and the godfather of the Rewind Wrestling Network, Terrible Ted. Get ready for some skull-crushing wrestling chatter. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Jolton Joe's Wrestling Radio Show here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. I am Ted, and I am playing the part of Joe. Although with us tonight, we have an honored guest. We have the Jolton Jack Wrestling Yak. And uh, this is this is Kevin from the Philly Fan Sports Podcast. Kevin, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, I'm, I was a little thrown off by your introduction there because I know Jolton Joe has apparently retired uh, from his podcast or has been contemplating retirement, talking it for the past few weeks, still does not show up again. Uh, so we had to rename it Jolton Jack's Wrestling Yak. My name's not Jack, but hey. Might as well try. <laughs> That's right, because he, he actually has the copyright. He actually has the copyright to Jolton Joe's Wrestling Radio Show. He told us that off air. He's like, so when I leave, you guys will have to do this. Uh, yeah, that's true. And folks, as, as always with us here on Thursday evenings, I've got Mr. Tyler Peters, the new mouth of the South, the Tennessee talker. He is with us off his 80 millionth podcast of the week. The man is just blowing up over there, and he's, uh, he's doing some great stuff over there. Tyler, thanks for coming on again tonight. That's true. <laughs> Look at him. He's like, yeah, I mean, I'm a big deal now. It is, oh, it is what it is. Oh, hey, happy to uh, be with you guys. I'm excited. Oh, man. So uh, just, to, just to reiterate, folks, Kevin is – and we've talked about this show in the past. Uh, we, we threw them a little advertisement when we, uh, when we did the live show for SummerSlam. Kevin is the, uh, the host of the Philly Fans Sports Podcast. That's fans spelled with P-H. Uh, you can find their information in the description below, whether you're listening on a podcast or if you are watching on YouTube. So uh, make sure to go check those guys out. Give them a, a follow on social media and, and uh, you know, take a listen to the show because they really have, you know, Kevin has a lot of great insights for Philadelphia sports teams and, uh, and the leagues in general. And Kevin, I got to imagine that you are, uh, even though it's a little off topic, you're getting excited for, uh, for Sunday at one o'clock, man. Birds yeah, are back I, in I, town. I'm definitely getting excited for Sunday. I'm actually have a, uh, you can't see what's going on behind the screen right now. Behind the screen is Bryce Harper stepping up to the plate for the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, so I'm watching them right now getting ready for the podcast this week. Uh, I think Eric and I are going to do a nice little Eagles uh, season preview uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, pretty excited for it. Very excited for the Eagles. Uh, a little nervous. Offensive line's a little off. But we, we shall see what happens. Uh, obviously, I'm not here to talk Philadelphia sports. Love plugging the Philly fans. Uh, so make sure you give us a follow on podcast. Uh, but I'm here to talk about another love of mine, and that is uh, that's wrestling. <laughs> this ain't your grandfather's wrestling. And my <laughs> friends, we, uh, we have a lot to talk about this week. There's, there's just, it's been a, it feels like these, like these last four weeks, there's just so much content to talk about. It's been, it's been really crazy. Uh, so I want, I want to jump in here and I want to, I want to jump in with Friday night SmackDown. Uh, obviously when we come in on Thursday nights, we talk about the SmackDown from the week before and work our way forward. So Friday night SmackDown from the fourth, um, 
you know, and, and guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to kind of set you guys off. I want you guys to, to give me some things that you liked, some things that you didn't like about maybe the booking or what we saw on the show. And, uh, and let's, let's get some conversations going here. I'm going to throw it to our guest first. So Kevin, why don't you give us something that, uh, something you liked and something you didn't like about the show, man. Well, I mean, there's some things I saw coming, uh, as a fan. I think at this point, a lot of fans see things, uh, coming ahead of time. So you saw a turn on Bailey turning on Sasha Banks ahead of the, ahead of time. You saw it coming. You don't think Bailey's going to turn back into the hugger yet. Uh, she's not going to go face. So it's obvious that Sasha's going to have to be the face. Uh, but right now what I'm loving with SmackDown, and I, I love that feud. I love Sasha Banks in general, uh, but I'm really loving and intrigued by Alexa bliss. And, uh, mm-hmm. and Last week, we, you were talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Alexa Bliss potentially becoming Sister Abigail and, and having that little turn moment. And all of a sudden, she's herself. And then once that fiend gets into her mind, she starts turning into that Abigail character. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's anyone more perfect for that character than Alexa Bliss. And uh, my wife is currently walking upstairs, so I'm going to try to speak low. Uh, Alexa Bliss, just like... Uh, Casey Cantazero is on Ted's list. Alexa, <laughs> that is that is absolutely a perfect perfect rendition yes. of that. And good man, speaking as low as possible there. Tyler, what do you think, man? What was something you enjoyed about the show? Something you thought was a little bit off about the show? You know what? I actually like this new aggressive edge by Sheamus. You know, it, it's interesting what Jack was talking about with the entry angle with the. Banks and the Bailey, but I actually didn't mind Big E, you know, where Seamus was slamming into the car, man. It, it was mm-hmm. kind of cool. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm all about Big E, but that's one thing I noticed that I'm kind of missing the injury angles. We don't, we don't get them much anymore. So that's yeah. what I thought was kind of neat about SmackDown. Yeah. I, I also loved Xavier Woods' yeah. best friend, uh, apparently, who Big E was sitting around. What was it? Uh, Drew Gulak was one of his best friends. Uh, well, the Lucha House Party, like all of a sudden these guys are his best friends. Oh, and this oh, yeah. random security guard. That didn't make sense. <laughs> this random security guard. <laughs> oh, uh, Big E. Right. Um, Xavier Woods is waiting for you. Just arrived. And we didn't see Xavier Woods at all throughout the night on his birthday, even though he was on Talking Smack apparently on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Talking Smack was actually I, – I took the time – like I don't usually watch like Raw Talk and Talking Smack. Um but I'll tell you what, I watched Talking Smack just to see kind of if it had its old flair with a, with a new set of faces and everything. And um, it was actually kind of enjoyable. Cesaro got on there and he just like got to have fun and it didn't feel super scripted. It felt like, you know, it felt pretty real. Like at one point Woods even asked Cesaro, he's like, you know, how come you don't think you've gotten a world title, a world title shot yet? And Cesaro goes, well, you see... I have a list and it would take too long to get through you know, and, and he, and he, it was just, it was really fun. It was candid. Um, so I might actually watch it again at some point in the near future when there aren't 80 million wrestling shows to watch in a week. Um, I really enjoyed the, the big E injury because I think it keeps big E looking strong because he was attacked in a vicious way. And that's why he couldn't be in that match. I also like that it got us uh, Mr. Uso to be in the main event there and, to you know to be the number one contender because i think that he's got so much talent you know and and the usos Mm -hmm. are like plagued by injury one of them is always hurt always you know 
It's like, it's like, you know, the authors of pain. That's why they got the ax, you know, that one of them's always hurt. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see that they're using Jay as a singles competitor right now and really going to turn him loose and let him have some fun out there with, uh, with cousin Roman. And I think, you know, Kevin, you texted me about this right after it happened. And you were like, yes, they're making him a monster heel by defeating his family member. Hooray. <laughs> you know? Well, and, but you can see it going two ways. So you're either going to have Roman continue to be the monster hero and just destroy uh, the legacy of that family, which please destroy the Rock's cousins at this point. Please. I'm tired of seeing the Rock's cousins and getting the push uh, as faces. Uh, and you continuing to throw it down our throats that they are related to the Rock in some way. Uh, but I can see this going one of two ways. Uh, with Roman Reigns and uh, Uso number two, because I I can't tell you which Uso selfie right now is as Jay. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with Jay, so this could one of two ways. It can go either Roman absolutely destroys him and and leaves him a bloody mess in the ring at the end of the pay per view, uh, or we could have a finger poke of doom situation where Jay just lays down for Roman and we have a heel stable with Paul Heyman in charge. You know, so, I, I, I really like that. that would I be really cool. like yeah. that. And, and, and the reason I really like that is because a, it would yeah. just burn the IWC up, right? Like the internet wrestling community would just be ablaze <laughs> with, with heat for Jay Uso for taking part in that. They already hate Roman, so it doesn't matter. Um, and, and the other thing I really enjoy about that is that they're already kind of hinting at that, you know, in, in how Paul Heyman is referring to Roman, they're calling him, you know, the tribal leader and this, that, the other thing. And, and I'm kind of looking forward to that. And the rumor is, and I don't know, you know, th this could be a whole show in and of itself. The rumor is that they are um, attempting to book this so that it might be Roman versus the rock at WrestleMania. And, at first my brain went please god no and then my brain kind of reset and i was like well could be kind of fun but isn't the rock supposed to fight daniel bryan uh because thank you or you're welcome from a while yeah, i heard about in daniel bryan's head is it didn't he, Dan, daniel bryan will be the warm-up match <laughs> daniel bryan will be the warm-up match because you know just like cm punk said the part-timers yeah. always get to come in and just have fun uh, and the other rumor I'm hearing is obviously Roman Brock uh, again, 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 as Kyrie Sane once pointed out uh, on an NXT event. Uh, the continuation of just these things happening over and over again is crazy. Uh, but Roman as a heel, Brock as a face kind of brings a little different tactic to the match. Uh, I love Roman as a heel. I want Roman to be a heel. I want it to continue. Uh, I am a Roman Reigns hater for the fact that they pushed him down our throats for so many year years as a face. Uh, I was in Philadelphia when he won the Royal Rumble. I booed him in Philadelphia. I booed The Rock, which I never thought I would do in Philadelphia. Uh, so just continuing to force him down our throats was enough. But now, as Ted pointed out a few – Ted asked me a few weeks ago what I thought of um, SummerSlam, and I said it's to be determined – if Roman goes heel, it was worth it. But if Roman stays face and continues to do his hand thing and uh, and the ooh for the spear, 
then I, I'm out. I'm sorry. I, I need him to have that turn, much like I needed uh, that that guy named John Cena to have his turn. And, and boy, did we metaphorically get it at WrestleMania. There's another thing that we could talk about for ages, that, that Firefly oh, yeah, Funhouse match. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think, uh, I think in the interest of keeping things moving here just a little bit, I would, uh, I would like to move on to talk about All Out. And, Wait, uh, can I just bring one thing up? Sure. There is a man with a briefcase. Uh, the, the briefcase <laughs> still does matter, uh, but nobody's talking about him. Why? Because they killed his character so much that in the briefcase was his lunch, which actually actually included a stapler. Because uh, last time I had lunch, I packed a stapler in my lunchbox. Um, <laughs> and, and his briefcase was stolen by John Morrison, who is now, once again, someone they're, they're making out to look very stupid. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I, I'm intrigued to see what Otis does. I wanted Otis to cash in as the tag team championships. Uh, but once again, Vince McMahon does not like tag teams. And I'm going to go over that later on. Um, <laughs> Vince hates tag team wrestling. We're going to see that continue. Uh, but I really don't see Otis ever cashing in. I just don't see it anymore. Yeah, I, I don't know how it's going to play out, man. Uh, I, I feel like they they waited too long. He should have been like the next night, pull the trigger guy. I, and um yeah yeah it's 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 scary to see that how much they've wasted and how over he was for sure for sure let's uh let's talk a little bit of all out talking about things that were kind of wasted uh <laughs> um I, I listen i i did not pay the 50 dollars to see the show right i uh i watched all the highlights i i went through and and found the matches that i really wanted to go through and see um, but I have to say, guys, I, I really just was not impressed with this pay-per-view as a whole. Um, I feel like the flow was kind of off. I feel like the, the most over-the-top thing that we saw was the, the Young Bucks really starting to get serious for once, which is kind of nice. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 there may be differing opinions here. Tyler, I uh, I want to throw it to you first, man. What did you think of the pay per view, and and uh, what what was something that you really you really enjoyed about it? Let's let's go down that road. Uh, well, what I enjoyed is uh, FTR becoming the tag team champions because mm-hmm. I, I'm just an FTR fan. I love totally with them. I, I was happy to see it because we're going to get the Omega Hangman match sooner or later. That's what mm-hmm. this build has been going to. So we're I think mm-hmm. they'll do just as good as singles competitors and they they realize the elites kind of run in their course that's why the young bucks were seeing the different attitudes so we're going to get some uh, different storylines but you're right that was the consensus that a lot of fans came away disappointed it was not the uh, you know not one of their better shows even though there were still some good matches on the card so that's my takeaways on all out agreed agreed kevin what do you got man I think this weekend, AEW, including yesterday, including the Wednesday night show, had the chance to change how people view them and how people view wrestling in general. They had the chance to push over WWE, and guess what? They failed. They failed. (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about Wednesday Night Dynamite uh, later on, and I have a lot to say about Wednesday Night Dynamite. A lot of... um, not so great things, but 
they did not they did not impress. I mean, yep. Casino Casino Battle Royal. I mean, Lance Archer I saw winning, and when Lance Archer wins, guess what? At the end of the night, John Moxley's going to win because John Moxley is the face. So they're constantly with the good guy, bad guy thing right now. And when it comes to that World Heavyweight Championship, once you saw Archer pull off the win, you knew it was going to be Mox. You knew nothing else was going to happen, which spoils the MJF, uh, MJF Max, Mox match in general mm-hmm. completely. Um, Orange Cassidy, Chris Jericho, I guess that's the only thing that I'm kind of okay with because uh, mm-hmm. Jericho wants to push people over. He has mm-hmm. said that repeatedly that WCW did not do that. And he's trying to get Orange Cassidy to go over. But there's not many things that, uh, that impressed me uh, from, from All Out. I mean, I did not get a chance to even watch it. Uh, but everything I've listened to, uh, every highlight I've seen, I saw a lot of botches uh, in a pay-per-view that should have taken over. And I get that it was 100 and some degree weather. But the Battle Royal was early enough that there should not have been that botch out of uh, out of Seidel right away. Crazy. Yeah, and, and it was a scary botch, man. Like, he came down with the back of his head on that top rope. It was, it was frightening. It was really frightening. Um, I, I mean, I, I got to say, I agree with most of what, of what you guys have been saying. Um, if, if the, I saw that. Oh, T- Tyler, that was, like, really delayed. Oh, we lost Tyler. That's okay. He'll come back. He always does. So when, uh, when we talk about AEW All Out, we're talking about a show that ultimately, if the pencil were in my hand, Bully Ray says that all the time on, uh, on Busted Open, if, if, if I had the pencil, right? If the pencil were in my hand, first of all, it, it wouldn't have been the Murderhawk win in the Battle Royal. Um, and the reason for that is that he hasn't had any kind of a real build. He was a monster for the first month that he was, he was on the scene. And uh, it looks like Tyler is Tyler is back here. Um, you know, he was a monster for that first month that he was on the scene. I and am back. It was yeah. bad. I don't know what happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. The fiend is out to get you, my friend. The fiend is out to get yeah, you. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's my go. That happens. It's the fiend or somebody. No, the the in and out of uh, Tyler's yeah. microphone. Yeah. I actually believe at this point is retribution. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, retribution. There, there's another. So what you're saying is that one of the like ten people that listens to the show is a member of Retribution. Definitely, for sure. <laughs> and actually, it would be down to nine because I'm one of the ten. That's true. That's true. Oh, it's still five more than what I have. On you're the one of the ten. Yeah, you're right. Oh man. Well, I need the scoop. I, I can, you know. Oh boy. All right. Well, I mean, if, if the pencil were in my hand, I would, I would have booked the the heavyweight championship match to be the second to last match on the card, and then I would have had, I would have had Mox win, and then go sit at commentary. And show that he's a badass and just go sit there and say, hey, listen, I want to see who I'm going to be fighting next. And now, you know, it, it almost made him feel, I mean, I, I felt like the promo he did on Wednesday was okay. And we'll get into it a little bit more. Um, but the, yeah. the promo the he did on Wednesday, ooh, that was really verbally. Um, the promo he did on Wednesday, it, it made me kind of feel like he's, 
like he's a little bit of a bitch. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. Like the guy, um, the guy is is a deathmatch genius and he survives going through barbed wire, but he's afraid of Lance Archer. A little bit whiny. You know? know? So I don't know. It it just felt like it undermined his character. And I probably wouldn't have even had Lance Archer win. I probably would have put it around. uh, I would have put it on Eddie Kingston because he's got so much, you know, he's got so much uh, rocket fuel on him right Right now. now. The IWC loves him. All right. uh, So so you're aware Stone Cold Steve Austin actually called Dean Ambrose. Uh, called him out on that podcast that was on the WWE Network about how bad he was at promos and he looks exactly how Ted described him uh, as as a little bitch and st- for lack of better words it's basically what Stone yep. Cold said to him in person Yeah, because he couldn't cut a promo on Stone Cold um, but there was, there was a lot of bad things uh, throughout this uh, throughout this pay-per-view of All Out obviously Sammy Guevara was going to turn into Brother Nero is basically what they were going to go with uh, from the future. And you saw this coming with Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Mm -hmm. As soon as Matt Hardy's career is on the line, you knew that Matt Hardy was going to win this match. And you knew if you watched Impact Wrestling or TNA in the past, Sammy was going to basically be Jeff Hardy and turn into this Brother Nero-esque character where he was going to break... Uh, until he actually broke Matt Hardy during the match. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that was um, yeah, it was a really scary yeah. moment. Really mm-hmm. scary moment. Um, Tyler, I, I don't know if you had a chance to see that that fall, and uh, and Matt kind of staggering I, I did. around. No, it was bad. Yeah, it, it was bad. I, I went back and watched it, even though I didn't get to see the full match. Or, and he's lucky to be walking. I mean, Matt Hardy is. Because he's he got very lucky. That was bad. I mean, when they and when Edwards was doing the Exxon saying, "Hey, this is serious. We got to stop it." But you know, they still finished it. But I'm just glad he he was back Wednesday because that was a miracle to have him standing because that was that was nasty. Yep. If you ever want to know what's actually the emotions happening in the Hardy household, all you have to do is follow Rebby though, because Rebby was like on fire and just. You know, throwing it down people's throats. She has zero Fs to give. Zero Fs to give. And I find it fantastic. Totally correct. And you can read it on her face on Wednesday night when they when they zoomed in on her on Wednesday night during Mad mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, you could see it on her face. Even though she was wearing a mask, you could still see how frustrated she was and how pissed off she was at AEW mm-hmm. uh, yep. for through this. And really, has anyone had a yeah, heart she was mad. Really Matt Hardy? I mean, you can compare Matt Hardy's year in AEW as really he just he, he's drew the short end of the straw. He he came in, COVID hit, no fans, could not go over at all. Sammy Guevara goes down because of the, all the allegations. Matt Hart that ceases Matt's uh, storyline. I mean, the person you compare it to is really Ricochet. The two mm-hmm. of them have had terrible years, but yeah. Matt Hardy's has really been out of his control. Uh, hopefully, he gets back. And was able to wrestle again, uh, but man, I, even though that, even though he said he's okay and he's gonna get better on on Wednesday night, he still looked like he was uh, something was going on in his eyes. And yeah, he did not have a concussion sure. is crazy. Oh yeah, listen, I, I've been 
I've had my fair share of, I, I like to, I like to call it, I've had my fair share of kicks to the head. You know, I'm a, I'm a fifth degree black belt. I teach martial arts. I've been competitively fighting since I was, you know, seven years old. Um, I, I've been kicked in the head before pretty, pretty hard to the point where I've stumbled and fallen. And the, uh, you know, to say that I, that just because I, I passed concussion protocol means I didn't have a concussion is completely off the wall. And then they say that he, he passed all of his tests at the hospital. Listen, any professional wrestling company that lets a talent finish a match after a bump like that is of course going to say, Hey, listen, for the good of the company, let's just make sure that we, you know, we say that you didn't have a concussion and Matt going, listen, I saw a lot of money on the table and I have to take care of my family is probably going, yeah, okay. I can do that. You know, he made a whole career out of it in the early two thousands and in the late nineties with WWE. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know. All right, folks. Let's uh before no, we have I to do. take our yeah. before we have to take our break here. Let's move on to to Monday Night Raw, and uh, I thought that this Monday Night Raw was um, it felt like it was held together with dental floss. Like <laughs> it really did. It felt it like was it, different. It, it, it felt like it was it was really out there. Um, so, Kevin, I want to go to you first this time. Um, Tell tell us about your thoughts on Monday Night Raw, man, because I don't even want to ask for things that you necessarily liked because I don't know that I could find anything I really liked on this show. Well, the, the only thing you could say you could potentially like is uh, the Hurt Business. In mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. Cedric turning and going heel, and who knows if he turned heel. Um, it seems like he did because he turned on Ricochet. That may have been the best thing, but they kept pushing the Hurt Business. They kept pushing. They had an, They had the VIP lounge. Why this week? Why are you doing that this week? Why aren't you saving it for a whole nother week and giving Cedric the chance to talk next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, they, like I said earlier, Vince McMahon hates tag teams. <laughs> on, on Monday, he released AOP, which is a huge tag team, obviously, injury-wise, uh, has, has killed them. But he is just constantly showing these tag teams breaking up and giving us repeat matches over and over and over again. Uh, Andrade and uh, Angel Garza having issues on Raw again for the, um, what, 10th straight week? Yeah. So it's it's just been it's been outrageous that uh, that he's killing these tag teams and killing this. Yeah, a long time. For a very long time. Uh, and, I mean, last week you said each show has their own type of brand, uh, and – WWE has not given the tag teams a chance, and yet Vince tried to turn it in Monday Night Raw into AEW with six-man tag team matches and eight-man tag team matches. I don't want to see them on All Elite Wrestling, let alone World Wrestling Entertainment, because to me, all those matches are spot fests. The eight-man tag matches, the six-man tag matches, I'm tired of it. I mean, and then having Drew McIntyre come out and attack Randy Orton again, 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 Randy Orton attacked Drew McIntyre. It's getting old at this point, and you're killing the guy who you just want to build, and that is basking his glory, Keith Lee. Man, there's not a single thing that you just said there that I disagree with. (laughs) Usually I'm fighting with Joe by this point. But I I want Tyler to put in his voice because I do want to attack uh, Retribution, who is taking over this show as well. Yeah, please do. We need that, Jeff. No, hey, I'm with you. Keith Lee, you know, they're building a great storyline. Maybe he even turns heel. Do you do that? I, I'm not sure. But 
you know, because he, he said he addressed. Up, oh, Tyler, you froze on us, bud. I'm tired of Drew interfering in my matches, getting involved. So he's already playing. At the, oh, I didn't. It's annoying. I'm tired of the storyline. I, I don't want it working here. But, you know, so maybe we see a Keith Lee uh, heel turn where he, you know, he gets in that mix with Orton and McIntyre. I agree with, uh, you know, Jack's comments that I like Orton doing that kind of sneak attack stuff. Not so much Drew McIntyre. It, it is annoying. I'm going to make myself sound smarter because he brought up a lot of great perspectives. So, <laughs> so and then on top of the Keith Lee and uh, Drew McIntyre thing, I believe it was busted open. I'm not positive. They pointed out that on the bump, Keith Lee stated that I drove you out of Evolve. I drove you out of NXT. And he's talking about Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Why not bring that into the WWE and say, I'm going to drive you out of Monday Night Raw. I'm going to yep. drive you out of WWE. It's another thing that's, uh, that Keith Lee has the ability to, to do, but once you put him over Randy and then you kill him for two straight weeks and, and say it's a DQ, well, DQ finishes protecting him, I, I, I don't get it. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to jump into Retribution because uh, Raw was all over the place. Uh, retribution cutting off, and apparently they have good friends in, uh, in the – in the um, trucks, the the trucks that they attacked two weeks ago uh, or three weeks ago, they they have good friends in there in production trucks with the retribution sign and give me a camera and give me a microphone and and mix up my voices so you, they can't understand who I am, Dominic Dijakovic, uh, Mia Yim. Uh, we we have no idea who you are at all whatsoever. <laughs> we have no idea that it's the two of you who are dropping these promos. Uh, like you're killing retribution at this point. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just have them keep attacking people randomly and you're keeping them off your pay-per-views. You're keeping them off of Friday night SmackDown. So now they're only specifically raw brand. I don't get it anymore. I don't get it. Well, so here's, here's what I, why I think that's happening. Okay. Um, not to get too serious in a show that is about professional wrestling but the the whole retribution angle, especially when it first started, was very um, very connected to reality, right? It was it was it was very much so um, designed to look like Antifa and or Antifa, I guess. And and the the long and the short of it is is I think that Fox probably had that one episode go off where they cut the ropes with chainsaws and this, that, the other thing. And Fox probably called into WWE and said, listen, nah, that's not going to happen on our network anymore. And, um, and I think that's probably why we're seeing the build now that we're seeing that's drastically different than what we were seeing uh, a couple months ago, because I think they probably got too much slack from their programming partners and that probably led to issues there. And, you know, I, I can't, you know, say that's, absolutely what happened i haven't gotten any inside information from venetius from his friends that were playing people under the hoods for a couple weeks although i did have a text message out to him today um you know damn you venetius not answering me (laughs) um no he did answer me he did answer me about something i want to talk about a little bit later in mlw but we uh we lost lost each other a little bit later um all right folks well now's as good a time as any i want to take a quick break here we're gonna we're gonna 
give a shout out to our people over at CCW and ACPW as we take a quick break. And when we come back, I, uh, I know that Kevin is excited about talking a little bit of impact wrestling. He and I were talking about it earlier this week and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation. So folks, when we come back, Kevin from the Philly fans sports podcast and the new mouth of the mouth of the South Tyler Peters and I will be talking impact wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, remember to go check out American Championship Pro Wrestling over at www.acpwrestling.com. You can get all of their latest matches and awesome footage over on their YouTube channel, but you can find everything ACPW on their website as listed above. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Jolton Jack's Wrestling Yak here on the Rewind Wrestling Network Joe's not here. He told us that he copyrighted the name. We're not allowed to use it anymore. And uh, no, I mean, he'll be back next week when we go live at 830 here on our YouTube channel. So come check that out. Um, we're going to be going live once a month. And that's that's something that's awesome. And, it's, and it's, I've been having a lot of fun of uh, getting that ready to go. Uh, but we're here. We're jumping back in. We've got Tyler Peters, our usual suspect here on the bottom of your screen. And on to my, you know, I guess it's my left on your screen. It might be my right on your screen by the time Zoom gets done mirroring things. I don't know anymore. But it's uh, to my side here. We've got Kevin from the Philly Fans Sports Podcast, and he's joining us here today uh, to talk a little bit of wrestling while Joe's on vacation again. And uh, so we are going to be talking some impact wrestling. And, uh, man, I've been, I've been kind of excited about what's been happening on impact. And, and I've been making a point that we talk about it a little bit more on the show the last couple of weeks. Uh, I was really excited to see some things end in impact wrestling recently. Um, and we can get into that just a little bit more, uh, Kevin, I know, I know you have some particular thoughts about impact and there's some things that you, that you definitely want to kind of get off your chest with regards to how impact's been running. And uh, I'd love to hear what you have to say, man. Yeah, I know this might be turning into uh, Kevin as in the attack and hate everything about wrestling show, uh, which I know you're not really used to uh, with, with uh, Joe, but I'm just a fan. I'm just a fan. I, I'm not a part. I don't do any ring announcing. I, I'm not a wrestler like Vesuvius. Uh, so as a fan, it's just the way I see it. Um, I love it, what Impact Wrestling is doing with uh, the WWE releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought they were doing a great job. They're building up releases. The problem is, just like you mentioned on the podcast last week, uh, the problem is they're putting the title on these WWE releases too soon. Just like you said, EY did absolutely nothing mm-hmm. in WWE. He had a great NXT career, but could bear, couldn't even chase down a 24-7 championship with our truth But EY is now your world heavyweight champion. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens in the future because I don't see EY holding it much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that really bothers me, and I know you – weren't a big fan of Wrestle House. I gave you my theory with Wrestle House mm-hmm. uh, with COVID-19. They kind of want to separate the superstars, in my opinion, uh, and have mm-hmm. them do something different compared to other things, even though Eddie Edwards and his wife are married, which is the only thing that threw me off. I also thought that once Wrestle House came back and they all appeared in the ring, it was it. So in my opinion, when they all come back, that is the end of Wrestle House. You don't talk about Wrestle House unless you were in Wrestle House. What happens in Wrestle House 
stays in Wrestle House. If you're a wrestler who was there, you can talk about it. But if you're Madison Rain or Josh Matthews, who are the worst commentators in professional wrestling, and I think the only reason why they have a job is because they are married and live together. So, of course, they have to call the matches. They show no excitement, and they – they really have uh, have ruined impact for me uh, because th- there's nothing. Oh my God! I can't believe that just happened. I can't believe Rich Swan is here. Oh my goodness! Like, yep. what type of? I, you're yep. making it out to look like it's not real. You're making it look like it's it's fake, and that's not what wrestling fans want. It's still real to me. Damn it. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I I can't say that I disagree with 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 a whole lot that's coming out there. Um, with regards to this week's show, I thought the commentary was particularly bad. I mean, it's always bad, right? But it was particularly bad this week. It was. It was. It made me wish for Don Callis. That's how bad it was this week, you know. Um, or who was that? Who's that other guy that 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 Joe hates? The guy with the uh, the guy with the fro. That, that Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Yeah, Sam Roberts. It, it made me long for Sam Roberts. That's how bad it is. Um, but that being said, guys, uh, I, I really enjoy some of the stuff that's happening. I really liked, really liked Tommy Dreamer coming out and stepping up and um, and the match that he did with, with EY. Although I think that anytime we just get a an old school rules match, it's really just, you know, Tommy with a whole bunch of street signs and Singapore canes. Well, um, it's, it's also, guy. no offense, Vesuvius, don't attack me. It's guys who can't really wrestle anymore. So mm. you saw the same thing on Monday Night Raw. What is Dominic Mysterio's best matches? They're street fights. They're hardcore matches. Why? Because you don't actually have to have wrestling ability to fight in those type of matches. So Tommy Dreamer did not actually need to wrestle for that in his match. He, he got to do the ECW stuff, which I, I know it, it looks great and we're all entertained by it. Uh, but it also doesn't show Tommy Dreamer's talents as well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I think that the uh, the whole marriage angle, and I am so tired of marriage angles in professional wrestling. I just, you know, I, just wait for AEW. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's true. Yeah. There's another one coming. Yeah. Listen, we're going to have a whole lot to talk about there because, man, oh, man. <laughs> Last night was last night was crazy, um, you know. So so I'm not really super excited about that. But I'll tell you what I am excited about: this ongoing feud between Brian Myers and Willie Mack. I think that it's um I think it's really starting to blossom a little bit. It's starting to get some legs, and um and I'm excited to see Brian Myers just get some work in. I mean, you forget how talented this guy is because of of how little he was used on WWE, and when he was used there. He was, you know, losing. He had that losing streak angle. Uh, the guy can go. The guy can work. And, and he's, see, you know, I don't want to say seamless, but, but he's got really smooth ring technician stuff going on there. And, um, and I really enjoy watching it. And I also really am enjoying watching the Moose and EC3 stuff right now. 
Um, I love that his football coach was there. And then he told him to, you know, to uh, what was, what's the line that, that EC3 is using about his narrative, control your own narrative. Um, so I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and, and I really enjoyed that. Tyler, did you get a chance to, to catch impact this week? Yeah, yeah, some highlights, not the the whole show, but I, you know, I've been impressed with what they're bringing to the table. They've they're using what WWE should have used their talent. They're they're showing us that with you know Eric Young. Booker T made the comment. He's like, Eric Young's worked hard. He's always had that work ethic, and now that's a good fit for him to come back to Impact. He's like, and now he's a world champion. I love the character. I mean, the uh, using Eddie Edwards you know, wife was great angle. I'm with you about dreamer. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with uh, Tasha Steeles. She was with NWA. I really like what she brings to that mm-hmm. women's division. And with uh, Kiara Hogan, double team and uh, uh, Valkyrie. Uh, that was interesting. So, you know, who knows what, how that'll play out, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you guys are talking about that I'm really enjoying from what I'm getting to see, even if it's not the whole show of impact. So I'm, I'm very happy for them. And Kiara Hogan is someone who I want to see succeed because I, I, she just yeah. has something different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know the Impact Women's wrestlers kind of are a little bit bigger than the other uh, wrestlers and definitely bigger than AEW mm-hmm. up there on par with WWE. Obviously not as yes. great as like Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss, Charlotte Flair, Bailey, but Kiara Hogan has something. Mm-hmm. And she can be a star if, if WWE or AEW does not look at her one day and snag her off of Impact Wrestling's roster, I will be absolutely shocked. Agreed. Agreed. So what's the yeah, over-under? Yeah. yeah, agreed. Yeah, Tyler, good good point. Um, what What's the over-under on the whole F and talk show and how much time will be dedicated to Katie Forbes twerking? <laughs> Because, uh, I mean, I, I made the point a couple weeks ago uh, where I, I, I point blank said, and, and I had to edit it out, and, and I'll probably... Ted, I went from someone who I really like watching on the screen, <laughs> and you decide to change it to someone who I can't stand <laughs> at all watching on the screen. <laughs> oh, Katie Forbes. But even, even RVD right now has not been... Oh, I, can RVD just retire, please, so I don't have to watch the whole effing dog show? Uh, listen, it might as well be the whole effing dog show at this point. You know what I mean? Because, listen, mm-hmm. Katie Forbes is out there showing her showing her ass around like she's a dog. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I just, It's something that I'm not looking forward to on impact in any way, shape, or form. Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, I want to get into Super Tuesday a little bit in NXT. We we kicked off with the with the NXT Championship match with Finn Balor and Adam Cole, and Finn Balor obviously coming out on top there. Uh, I think they kept Cole looking strong because Cole got to kick out of the coup de gras, uh, and it took the nineteen sixteen off the top rope for Balor to put him away. So I think they they still they still kept Cole elevated while. Um, you know, while pushing Balor up there with the title. Looking for what you guys have uh, about that championship match in particular and and, and how you feel we came away from it and, and if you have any varying opinions from my own. So let's, uh, let's, go, to, uh, let's go to Tyler first here. Well, I thought the match uh, delivered. I mean, you had two of the best and NXT going at it. It's unfortunate what happened to Cross with a shoulder injury. 
but I'm I'm glad they let Balor take it because I think this move in NXT has reinvigorated him. I mean, it's the right move. I, I mean, I can't say that I saw that right away, but now I'm believing it. And Cole, you're right. He's still elevated. I think fans are ready to see something different. And so I was very happy with the result of Balor winning and becoming the champion. I thought it's cool because you can still do a lot of things storyline-wise uh, concerning Balor being the champion. So that's my takeaway from that first match. Kevin, what do you got, man? Yeah, definitely a pay-per-view type of match uh, in in the end for these two guys, who, two of the best in the company by far, two guys who can definitely succeed on the main roster. Finn obviously proven he can. Um, and I think this was them just giving Finn another chance uh, after he injured his shoulder uh, again during the universal title run for him, which was ended up being a day before it was given up to uh, the WWE vacant on Twitter. Um, so Finn winning with a 1960, 16 DDT uh, in the end, great match, no matter what the problem for me was not the match. Once again, it was the commentary. I love Bad News Barrett. I love Wade Barrett. But they made me miss Mauro Ranala. And I did not think that I would actually miss Mauro Ranala. I needed at least one Mamma Mia during that match. And I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get it. Yeah. I, I Listen, I agree. Mauro Ranala is a uh, – he's up there with some of the – maybe the best commentary work I've heard in the company in the last 10 years for sure. And uh, I, yeah, I really yeah. enjoy listening to him, but but I uh, I can definitely see where you're coming from. It was also by far the best thing on on NXT. Uh, I think NXT should keep on Tuesdays. By the way, I I, I don't like I don't think the Wednesday Night War is helping or hurting or hurting anyone at this point. If anyone, it's hurting NXT who puts their product on WWE Network on Fridays. So if right. if I have something else that I'm DVRing. I'm watching NXT on WWE Network on the weekends, and you're not getting my uh, you're not getting my view on Wednesday night. Um, but the, there was a lot of dumb things, a lot of cringy things on NXT, and the cringiest thing on NXT has to be dinner with the Garganos. Yes, yes. My God, like I, I've been saying that I hated these segments since since they first started doing it with the freaking iPad and they're watching stuff on the iPad and talking about it. And it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Man, I, it, I was a witness. Yeah. To your, to you not liking it. It's, it's just, it's awful. And I, I've, I'm not a fan of what they're doing with Johnny. Um, I don't care if he's a heel for God's sakes. He's a great heel. Well, Notice how the team... I'm biting my tongue because I don't want to say things that are so inappropriate that I have to edit them later. Like, it's... This is making me... Notice how there was something thrown at the TV Mm -hmm. and then Johnny goes back to it and uh, and NXT basically goes, oh, well, it's not broken enough because we don't have the scribble on the screen. So we're going to pause it here. We're going to ruin the TV a little bit more and we're going to come back to it with you, Johnny. Um, Basically, when you break a TV you know it's broken right away by the screen being messed up. And, and when you turn it on, it's scribbled. And they tried to make it um, worse than it actually was in his 32-inch TV uh, with their food fight with Tegan Knox. Just cringy all around. Yep. 
Yeah, it makes me not interested in the Knox LeRae match. I mean, these segments are really not doing anything for anybody, it don't sound like. I mean, they're not helping the bill to what can be some good matches. What do we uh what do we think about Adam Cole? <laughs> Adam Cole two Five, four, three, two, one. Valor, Adam Cole future in WWE because I think his NXT career might be uh might be halted at this point. I think it might be done. Uh, having Adam Cole go in as a member of Retribution might actually make that angle a little bit better. But I don't see his NXT career continuing uh, much longer. And I would really, really, really love for the Undisputed Era to make their way up. But I don't see it happening right now. Uh, I think if anyone moves up, I think I think when we were promised the new uh the new stable on raw a couple months ago and we ended up getting retribution if they had taken undisputed era and plugged them played them there it would have worked i think now the only thing you could move up right now is cole and the problem is that cole is almost a baby face at this point cole's almost a, a a true baby face at this point because he had the whole thing with uh what's his name the nfl guy mcafee yeah pat mcafee and McAfee was obviously the heel there. And then you add to that this whole, he was the better man tonight stuff. Are you kidding me? Like Adam Cole's from the Undisputed Era. They are the heels of the heels. And they are, you know, ah, he was the better guy tonight. You know, my, my conspiracy theory here is that we get Adam Cole up on the main roster. He and AJ kind of connect and have some matches back and forth. And then Balor makes his way back up to the main roster, and we get a, a WWE version of the Bullet Club on SmackDown to continue boosting the ratings. Because we're going to talk ratings a little in a in a little bit for the week here after we after we talk some AEW. And um, yeah, I I, just, I think that's that's kind of where we end up with that. Uh, I I didn't think that there was much of anything else of note on NXT, and I was confused as to why this match opened the show. It opened the show to take away ratings from the NHL playoffs is why it opened up the show. That, in reality, that's, that's what it did. They're going to try to do that with Monday Night Raw as well because Monday Night Football is coming back. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to keep you interested in halftime shows. That's the reason. Uh, some other things that really are annoying me is that you want us to, Seth Rollins wants us to believe in long-term booking, yet you're taking away his disciples tremendously. You, fought, you let go AOP. And you have Austin Theory on NXT without any explanation of why he's on NXT and no longer being a disciple of Seth Rollins uh, and having him, uh, Austin Theory, beat up, uh, Keith, I mean, Bronson Reed, uh, because right now Keith Lee and Bronson Reed's characters are pretty much the same on NXT. Uh, seeing that really annoyed me. Uh, and no explanation at all for Austin Theory just showing up Wednesday. You want us to believe in long-term booking, you – your whole character right now, Seth Rollins' character, is not working as the Monday Night Messiah because they keep ruining him by bringing characters down to NXT or getting rid of his disciples. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, what do you guys think about Ripley? Do you think she's going to the main roster? I mean, do you think it's getting closer for her? I mean, that was a. I thought this cage match was actually pretty good, you know. Mercedes Martinez, they matched up well. There was some at least nice spots in there. I'm not taking away from the Cole Balor match, but 
you know, that was kind of different with them being in a steel cage, but I, I feel like maybe she's could be somebody too that, you know, the closer it gets, I, I'm not sure. I'm throwing that out there. But yeah. I, I, see, thinking I, I see Rhea coming up, but I also see Rhea leading the uh, NXT survivor series team mm-hmm. uh, at one point as the, uh, as the captain there. So we're going to have her for yeah. a couple more months at NXT and probably making her debut at the Royal rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if fans are back uh, at that point as well, and really, my eyes have on Wednesday nights have been on Robert Stone and his brand. Uh, even though Robert Stone basically hung up at the top of the cage for about ten minutes of that match uh, on Tuesday, my eyes were still on him to see if he how he was going to affect the match. I thought he would do a lot more to affect uh, Rhea Ripley's victory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And and I think that um I think that if any of the if either of those two is gonna go up, it's gonna be Martinez. Um because I can see Martinez and Baszler making a real badass tag team down the line. And it seems like the what only tag team division was with Nia Jax. Listen Rock's cousin. Listen, yeah. if, if Nia Jax could fall off the face of the earth without causing a universal earthquake, it would be great. Um so I think that ultimately the two of them will, will break up because that's what WWE does with solo tag teams that are, you know, made of solo stars that pair together. And I think that Martinez and Baszler could be a hell of a tag team that is buyable, right? Like I can buy yeah, into they'd be Martinez awesome. and Baszler together mm-hmm. as a tag team. And I think that the only tag team division right now that WWE is caring about in any way, shape or form has been the women's division tag team championships. So that's where I would. Uh, Which might. That's where I would go. Soon because it's no longer Sasha. It's no longer Sasha and Bailey, so that might change sooner than uh, you think. Agreed. Speaking about makeshift solo uh, wrestlers into tag teams, get ready for your next NXT tag team champions, uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. Just get excited because we know that's going to end up happening <laughs> uh, after Drake Maverick came out for the save. <laughs> oh man, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong no they they probably will yeah they'll probably go that direction well i'll, I'll tell but you yeah not Jax has not been impersonated no i agree i agree and especially in this run for nia Jax, i i just feel like mm-hmm. man oh man she's been bad like she was not great before and then and then i actually put some stock in her Mm-hmm. Um, while she was hurt, because I had um, Shayla, Shayla Hine, Hine, who's the uh, ACPW Fury Champion, their women champion. She she was on my show uh, a couple of weeks, uh, a couple months ago at this point, and she had actually worked Monday Night Raw against Shayna, against Shayna, yeah, against uh, against Nia on Nia's initial rocket, you know, to the moon. Um, you know, she worked, she worked Naya in a squash match. And she, she said to me, she said, Ted, you know, Naya was the most comfortable person I've ever been in the ring with. And I've been working the Indies for, for years. And, and I really, I couldn't have felt safer than I was in her hands. And um, yeah, I mean, the only human being to ever state that. Right? Yeah. Cause look, look at Carrie Stane. Yeah. Right. But you know what? Like yeah. I, I, um, you know, I put stock in that because I've met Shayna and I, uh, or Shayla, sorry. 
I've met Shayla. I've called her matches. I've interviewed her for shows and I've interviewed her for the podcast. And um, I have a, a decent relationship with her and, and I believed her. And then this, this most recent run started happening and I just wanted to jump off a bridge. It's just, it's bad, man. It's, it's really bad. So it, it kind of is what it is at this point. Um, but man, I hope that they're not tag team champions for long. I hope Shayna Baszler just, you know, puts her in a submission. They have a one-on-one feud. Exactly. You know, where Shayna just destroys her. And then we get Baszler Martinez. Because honestly, at this point, I don't feel strongly about Baszler being a single star. But I'm okay with her being a tag team specialist, you know, and, and really being a, a breakout in that way. No, I like the handicap deal, too. Yeah. yeah, they need to use Baszler in the right way. Raw Underground is the way to get these four horsewomen of MMA or UFC or whatever it is over. It's mm-hmm. a way to get these these uh, new characters to go over. And when you're putting on uh, Kevin Owens versus Aleister Black, two guys who are over in WWE against each other in a 45-minute match, which we didn't see at all in Raw Underground, um, and you don't really get anyone else over in that. It's, it's, I, I don't get it. That was the point of this. So I think Shayna Baszler going down into the underground and showing how much of a badass she is would work because she is on the level of a Ronda Rousey, but they're not using her on the level of a Ronda Rousey. Right. Right. So what you're saying is, is that, Raw Underground isn't really just an opportunity for the Hurt Business to kick the crap out of all of Venetius' friends from CCW because that's just what's been happening. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. It's um, It's been crazy. I mean, again, if the, pencil, if the pencil's in my hand, if the pencil's in my hand, I'm using Raw Underground as like a proving grounds type thing where all the guys from NXT and the gals from NXT – and and anyone that that's getting like a single shot, like Dominic Mysterio, let's use him as an example. Dominic Mysterio has to go through Raw Underground. He has to go through like three vict- getting three solid victories in Raw Underground before he's allowed to have a match on Monday Night Raw on the show proper. Like that's how I would use Raw Underground. I think that's more believable, and I think that that lets that unrefined feel of the show which is what they're going for because that's what chikara was using it for too chikara did this no ropes thing for a long time you know um you know that that unrefined feel of it that would allow that to to feel more important and to feel like it was believable whereas you know the first two weeks of raw underground we got dancing girls and a a dark smoky room which continue (laughs) my wife is asleep yeah You and me both, brother. Me, you and me both. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Let's uh, before we run out of time before the break here. Let's let's go over to AEW Dynamite and uh, and talk some dynamite here. And um, are you, I mean, are you sure about this? Uh, I, I listen. I don't really want to go there, but how it's did, part of what we do. How this show got a million viewers in the ratings is uh, uh, listen. I, I know, ooh. man, and. and I mean, actually, it was it was one point. Uh, let's see, one point oh seven six million viewers, and uh, it's almost one point one there, man. I mean, listen, I I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, How many are not coming back? Oh, none because they're all fanatics, man. 
I, I, They're I all think, fanatics. I think you might want to go on a quick yeah. break. I think you might want to go on a quick break before I rant on AEW because I could go. I, I could go for about 10 minutes of a rant. All right, well, let's let's do this. Let's talk about one thing in particular from AEW, and then we'll take our break. Uh, because the first thing that I want to talk about, the only thing that I was really happy about from this show was uh, was seeing that Miro has signed. I'm not happy in how he was used in any way, shape, or form, the but I'm super happy to see that he was signed. <laughs> he is the best man in AEW. I mean, come on. Yes. Um, that promo was not what i wanted at all um it felt like it was it was probably really from the heart and he really is like just pissed off at wwe for how they took you know they treated him especially in those last couple months where he was you know in that stupid goddamn storyline with lana and bobby lashley um but but i mean i i'm super happy he's there i'm not happy for how he was used because i feel like he's just going to get lost in the shuffle now um, but let's let's talk about that a little bit before we head before we head out for break here. Let's go to Kevin first. All right, so I am not surprised whatsoever that Miro was the best man. If uh, if Miro, aka Rusev, was not the the wild card number twenty one or whatever in the battle royal, he was going to come out on Wednesday as the best man. And why is he the best man in a wedding? scenario for Kip Sabian and uh, Penelope Ford. Why? It's because of the whole stupid Bobby Lashley, Lana wedding storyline. That's the reason he's the best man. And this is part of my rant today as the Phillies just lost to the Marlins again in in, uh, the ninth inning in walk-off fashion. Um. It, it this this is part of my huge rant with AEW uh, tonight, so I might have to save my rant uh, for after the break. I might have to save it. You might have to go with uh, Tyler on this because all right, you be part of it. All right, Tyler, let, let's hear what you have to say about Miro, man. No, you know what? I was literally surprised. I mean, I didn't really read up and and know he was going to come out there. Uh, so I, I was happy for him. I'm not so good about taking shots at WWE. I think, you know, I don't want to have revisionist history like how WCW did it. So we don't want to do that. So I thought it was a pretty cool. I, I can't decide whether I'm high on Sabian or Ford, but whatever. I'm, I'm just kind of glad they've got Miro, but I'm with you. It depends on how they use him, utilize his talent. I don't know what they're going to do with it. So. so I'll say this. Um, first of all, why would you go blonde, man? <laughs> it just doesn't look great. I don't um, know. Yeah. Second no. of all, second of all, um, taking shots at WWE while your wife is still employed there, not the most brilliant thing you've ever done. Then again, Moxley did it too, um, but not the most brilliant thing you've ever done. Number three, and perhaps most importantly here, um, if he doesn't come in, destroy some people, and win the TNT championship within two months, it's a waste. It's an absolute damn waste because he will just become another Brian Cage. And I was really hot for Brian Cage 
right? Like I popped for Brian Cage when he when he became all elite and he was put with Taz and he was given the world championship match. And you now were, he just you now he just feels like he's on the back burner. You may have been the only people who popped for that. Yeah. Uh, Rusev is the bigger name than Brian Cage. I, I like Brian Cage. I'm okay with Taz. Uh, but Rusev or Miro is definitely the bigger name. And him, he should have won the Battle Royal. He should have been the last one out. He wouldn't have botched a uh, shooting star press. <laughs> um, and having him as a surprise and having him come out as the best man could still actually work. Uh, I I get the Kip Sabian Penelope Ford thing uh, only because I got the Joey Janela thing. But if you're new to AEW, you have no idea that Penelope Ford used to date Joey Janela and used to be Joey Janela's manager unless you watched All Out a year ago or two years ago at this point. I can't tell you when the first All Out was right now off the top of my head. Um, but that storyline was ruined because you don't really, you didn't really know the situation. They never introduced it. They thought, ah, oh, these fans are indie fans. They, they already understand. So the Kip Sabian Penelope Ford thing isn't going over because you don't know all of the background in it. And that's something they're missing out on. Uh, I am going to get to the whole AEW WWE referencing thing after the break. Excellent. Excellent. And with that being said, guys, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from our, uh, let's hear from this narrator guy who talks about ACPW and CCW for a minute or two and then we will uh we'll be back and when we come back we're going to finish up talking about aew dynamite we have some stuff that's uh that's kind of in our miscellaneous section that we want to talk about tonight and uh and then we will wrap up the show we will be back with you in just a moment here on jolt and joe's wrestling radio on the rewind wrestling network ladies and gentlemen remember to go check out and support coastal championship wrestling where tyler's been doing his ring announcing and you can check them out at Coastal Championship Wrestling FL.com. That's www.coastalchampionshipwrestlingfl.com. Go check them out. And now we're back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are. We're back on the last segment of the night for Jolt and Joe's Wrestling Radio here on the Rewind Wrestling. Oh, that's, that's Jolt and Jack's Wrestling Yak. That's right. That's right. Joe will sue us if we keep saying Jolt and Joe. While he's on vacation. Um, so here we are on the Jolton Jack Wrestling Yak show here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. And uh, folks, you know, we are, uh, we're coming up on it, but we're talking to AEW Dynamite right now. And, um, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I've been saying it for months. And um, anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis, so like the one guy in Ireland that listens, thank you. Um, you know, the... Uh, my couple of Delco friends that listen, thank you. Uh, I've been saying this for months and I mean it because I grew up a WCW fan, right? I got into wrestling as a WCW fan. And then when I got a taste of the WWF at that point, now WWE, uh, in the in the late 90s, after we had kind of been in the Attitude Era for a little bit, then I switched teams. Um, so this is just Ted admitting that he loves Goldberg? And Vesuvius was right. <laughs> Vesuvius. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, AEW is bad WCW. 
AEW is bad, WCW. It, there's no getting around it at this point. And, and listen, there are still very entertaining things about, about AEW. And I'm not saying that I, I won't watch it. I'm saying that um, there were some really good quality matches in that last year and a half of WCW. But it was still badly done. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I feel about AEW thanks, right Vince now. Russo. Yeah, thanks, Vince. <laughs> We're ruining everything, Vince Russo. So AEW, what did they promise? What did they promise us as wrestling fans from the beginning? An alternative. Yeah. An alternative. So they promised wrestling for wrestling fans, correct? Right. Yes. So last night, we I don't think you I, I don't think you caught this. They changed the name of AEW. It's no longer all all elite wrestling. It's all elite rattling on. Because that's all they did. Yep. All they did was drop promos. Yep. All they did. 13. I counted. 13 promos in the night. How many matches were there? There were five. And after Ooh. after four or three or four of those matches, there were promos. Vicky Guerrero dropped a promo. And what did they do the entire night? They bashed WWE. They bashed Vince McMahon the entire night. And it mm -hmm. started right from Jump Street. It started with the Lucha Brothers versus the Jurassic Express. Mm -hmm. If you noticed, uh, Pentagon Jr., did you look at his eye mask? Did you look at his mask? I didn't. You didn't? He had didn't one eye. In the mask. Oh, no. One eye in the mask. Look closely. He went one eye in the mask, attacking the whole Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins storyline. They attacked WWE and Vince McMahon the entire night with the Twitch stream and the cameos and the whole news that came out last week that Vince said, shut them down, basically. Or, you, or use your real name. Because you can't do it, because it will ruin our kayfabe, basically. And what did they, what did AEW do all night? They took it and they used it, and they tried to use it against WWE, much like bad WCW did, much like Tony Schiavone did when he said Mick Foley is going to win their world title tonight. Nobody wants to see that. All things rattling on just kept going. The Lucha Brothers match for Jurassic Express, that was one match ended in a roll-up. Let's be honest, as wrestling fans, we hate roll-ups. We hate them because it's going to continue a storyline. And here comes Eddie Kingston coming in. And what does Eddie Kingston do? All he does is talk. I know you like Eddie Kingston, Ted. I know that you thought he should have won the Battle Royal. But he talked for about five minutes, and all they did back and forth was, whoa, 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 stop fighting. Whoa, 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 stop fighting. For five minutes, it mm -hmm. was stop fighting. That's not a promo. That's just ruining the start of your show. For a million people to watch that is ridiculous. And I went on, and I, I looked at the Matt Hardy promo. Matt Hardy didn't do anything except saying, I'm going to come back. And as I mentioned before, you look at Rebby Sky. And you look at how disgusted she is that he's even in the ring. Then you throw Orange Cassidy in the ring and you have him fight some jobber. And let's be honest, it was a jobber, a tag team jobber. Mm -hmm. And out come Santana and Ortiz to attack. Mm 
Best friends come out, and guess what the best friends do? They drop a promo. Another one. The entire night. This is it. And then the Young Bucks, they they get knocked on the door because here comes another promo, and the guy who interviews them, Marvez, gets super kicked. All right? For no reason. Because the Young Bucks have a new attitude that really we didn't we haven't seen. We don't know what their new attitude is. Mm-hmm. Stop acting like it is uh they're acting like it's all Hangman Page's fault. And I don't see that in the storyline right now. Hangman Page held him back for one match and you're going to super kick Marvez for no reason? Perfect. Then the best man announcement came out. Another promo. Kib Sabian attacked Vince McMahon for the Twitch stream. I'm just going on my – I have my whole notes here, much like uh, Drew McIntyre did the other night on his phone that nobody knows. Um, Chris Jericho. <laughs> And, and Jack Hager attacked, and they bested Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. Who cares? Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela are jobbers anyway. But guess what happens next? Chris Jericho drops a promo. MJF, right after Chris Jericho, you got your two best talkers back-to-back again for the second time in the night. Dropping a promo, coming right in, drops another promo. And then right after MJF drops a promo, guess who else comes in? Moxley. So you have your three best guys who can talk on a microphone, drop three promos in a row. All right, yeah. And I, I'm sure I missed some other things. I'm sure I missed Jake's, Jake the Snake's promo in my notes. FTR and Tully come into the ring. Guess what they do? They drop a promo, promo attacking the tag teams in AEW. Where is the wrestling? Ricky Starks comes out dressed as Darby Allen. Guess what Ricky Starks does? He drops a promo. Another one. Uh, oh, my God. Finally, we have a wrestling match. It's Tay Conti versus Nia Rose. And mm-hmm. the Dark Order doesn't come out to save Tay Conti. No, no, no. The champion does. But guess what? Vicky Guerrero gets on the microphone. What, should, what does she do? What does she do? Cuts a promo. She cuts a promo. Then There's a theme, yeah. JR interviews Kenny Omega. That's a promo right there. Any interview is a promo. Finally, you get the main event. Oh, by the way, Hangman Page had an interview at one point last night, too. There's another promo. So I think I'm up to like 15 or 16, even though I, I missed some uh, on my notes. You finally get Brody Lee versus Dustin Rhodes, who lasted longer than Cody for some reason. And, and the Dark Order come out and they celebrate that Brody Lee beats uh, Cody's brother and Cody's, Cody's friends, basically. And no one's coming out to save them. So five matches with about 15 or 16 promos, and most of them are attacking WWE, all elite rattling on. I get that you need to develop storylines, but you don't have to do it in one week. Agreed. Agreed. They're rational. The one million people who viewed last night I would not be surprised if that number drops next week and some viewers go to NXT. Based on the amount of promos that they cut and the amount of people who have no idea what AEW is and no idea what they're talking about with the Twitch stream, like real, like the internet wrestling community does, I, I would not be surprised if NXT comes out as the better show next week and gets the better ratings. And NXT was the better show, but of of all the shows this week, wrestling-wise, Impact Wrestling had the best wrestling show of the week. 
the number four show in wrestling has the best wrestling week, it's a joke. WWE, AEW, NXT have to get their heads in the game. Agreed. Agreed. So, I mean, Kevin, you just, yeah, listen, man, you're okay, man. You can breathe. Take, take, you know, take a swig, take a swig. Uh, You know, (laughs) Kevin, you just covered, you just covered a lot of stuff there. And so I guess Tyler, rather than necessarily talking about the show itself, I want to ask you a hypothetical question, Tyler, if you're a first time, if you're a first time viewer for AEW, Okay. And last night's show, Wednesday night's show is your first time watching AEW. Are you coming back the next week? Uh, I'll, I'll be struggling if I do. It'd be hard. Cause you know what? I didn't even realize that many promos, but now looking back at it, he's right. There was a lot and not enough action, but yeah, I would struggle. I mean, I might give it this one more chance, but if they kept on, I wouldn't be coming back if it happened. I'd probably give it one more week before I decided to to not, you know, check out AEW anymore. All right, all right. But there's supposed to be indie wrestlers having their own having their own show. If that's an indie event, mm-hmm. I wasted my money. If I'm Agreed. at that indie event, I wasted my money. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Well, my friends. Some some stuff has gone down in wrestling um, outside of just these regular shows that we talk about every week this week. Um, first of all, Aldis and, and Bennett for the for the ten pounds of gold. We got a new ten pounds of gold this week from the NWA, which is awesome. Um, I haven't had a chance to to go through and watch it yet. Uh, it's on my list for tomorrow, hopefully. But what I will say is, Aldis was on Busted Open Radio this week and he said the reason that i really wanted to take this fight was because mike bennett and the comments that he's getting right now are very much the same comments i was getting coming out of impact wrestling and it reminds me a lot of my own story and i guess my question for you guys is uh do you see mike bennett getting big you know and and becoming a a major star through his work with the NWA and potentially impact and ring of honor moving forward, uh, big enough to propel him back into the mainstream. I mean, I I think ROH and impact wrestling did that a few years ago to the point where I knew Mike Bennett's name coming into WWE. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't happy the way WWE utilized Mike Bennett, making him Mike Canales and giving him Maria's last name. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to see them in that the flag right behind you, Ring of Honor, a few years ago in W in in ECW Arena, um, back when it was the Young Bucks and AJ Styles versus SCU. Mike Bennett, to me, other than that match, stole the show, and it not only because of Mike Bennett, because of what Maria did on the side, and Maria as his manager. So to me, Mike Bennett is already propelled up. But WWE went and kind of ruined his name uh, because that's what they do with Impact Wrestling stars. They try to ruin Impact Wrestling stars' names. Uh, so I can see Mike Bennett putting on a great match with Nick Aldis, who did a great, who did a great job in Impact Wrestling as well when Impact was basically failing. And the only reason why I watched it was because of Matt and Jeff Hardy and mm-hmm. them being broken. Um, but. Mike Bennett can be can be one of those stars in the company if you book him correctly. Yeah. Tyler, any thoughts on that? 
No, what I was going to say is uh, before the Fiend Retribution got involved is that Bennett and uh, Aldis will be a great match. I think, you know, the NWA may fit his style. I mean, like you were talking about, Jack, with uh, Ring of Honor and Impact. Very talented guy. I'm just – I'm excited to uh, at least hear about the match. I don't know if I'll get to actually see it, but I'll try to check out some highlights. Um, I think it's got a good build, and, and like Ted said, a great story, that it's similar to what Aldis felt. So it's got all the uh, all the elements to making a fantastic match. Right, right. And talking about – especially people that uh, the WWE has let go recently. We had a, a new release happen today. Uh, Jay Briscoe, 35 years in the company. He was let go today. His quote is saying that he is at peace with what happened. Um, you know, but, but Briscoe obviously did a lot for the wrestling industry. And he also did quite a lot for uh, people our age who were kicking in during the Attitude Era you know, being part of the corporation, winning the hardcore title, um, helping get guys over in the Mean Street posse uh, and stuff like that. And so I guess rather than, you know, talk about the fact that he was released, we can't change that. And that's obviously it's that's the news and that is what it is. Let's talk about maybe what our favorite Jay Briscoe moment has been. Okay. So Tyler, why don't I come to you first? Because I'm sure you have some some fond memories of Jay Briscoe. Yeah, I just I love being part of uh, with Patterson as the Stooges for Vince. You know, you know, with Stone Cold, that whole angle. I mean, just anything they did, they were so entertaining. It brought out more of their personality. We know Patterson and and Briscoe are great wrestlers of their time, and still could. You know, like they say, say, all I got to do is hook you because he really had that amateur background. So it was just neat. I mean, he just brought so much. He also scouted for the new talent that they were looking forward to bring into the company. But that's what I'll remember is that attitude era, him just, you know, being the funny ha-ha, you know, with Vince mm -hmm. McMahon, but getting serious with Stone Cold. That's some of the big memories of uh, Gerald Briscoe with Patterson as the Stooges for me. Yeah. Kevin, anything you want to add? When is AEW going to sign him and uh, have him uh, be the manager for the Briscoes? That's my question. Hey, that could work. Listen, it, it's going to happen. You watch. <laughs> you watch. It will happen. One of them are listening to us right now on this podcast. It's, it's what's yes, going it's uh, going to happen. So I'm going to agree with Tyler. The whole Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, storyline oh, cool. yeah. with Briscoe Patterson being the Stooges. Uh, and WWE has tried to recreate that over the years, and they have not done it. Um, but anything with Stone Cold uh, in it, that's what got me into wrestling as a kid to begin with. So uh, anything Briscoe on the screen, Patterson on the screen, getting attacked by Stone Cold, or weaseling out of protecting Vince McMahon uh, like they did in Raw, I think it was like in 98. Uh, when Vince was in, uh, Vince was attacked and fired Stone Cold uh, the night before uh, because Stone Cold counted a three count against The Undertaker and Kane, like Stone Cold won the titles again. Um, but them weaseling out and finding a way to get out, oh, I need to go to catering to have dinner. Um, do you want a cup of coffee? We'll be back. And leaving Vince in his wheelchair, uh, that's one of those moments that uh, is hilarious to me. And that's what uh, Patterson and Briscoe brought. They brought that stooge mentality, and it uh, and it worked because it hooked me from the start. Agreed. Agreed. Missed the attitude error. 
I, do I don't know. Who, I don't know who doesn't. Mm. Hey, stop. Great stuff. This, you're not Jolton Joe. I Listen, mean, Jolton Joe. Oh. <laughs> Man, Joe's good at tonight. This is a time-honored tradition on the Rewind Wrestling Network where Ted just yawns because he's up till three in the morning with a one-year-old. Um, so Andrew Yang, former presidential candidate, I guess he's still currently a candidate, but he's not really a candidate. Um, comes out and says that the WWE is just, you know, Vince McMahon is just full of plain effing greed. Um, and, and he talked about it a little bit more with, uh, with Chris Van Vliet in an interview earlier this week. And, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Because mainly what that comment was in regards to was uh, the workers and, and I think it kind of stems from the third party stuff that we were hinting at with, with Twitch and streams and stuff like that. So um, do we think that, that Andrew Yang is, is right and that they are being greedy about this, or do we think that they're protecting their product? I think for years, Vince has tried to protect the product. Uh, however, at the same time, it does turn greedy when Vince McMahon is trying to do like meet and greets on Zoom uh, and get people to pay for that instead of like the cameo conversations or the cameo birthday wishes. I'll be honest, how much I love Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. I'm not paying $300 for Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks to, to do a cameo for me. So I'm not paying $300 for a meet and greet either. So he's showing some greed, but at the same time, if you're talking about Andrew Yang, you're going to end up going into politics and the political conversation that goes behind it, mm -hmm. uh, where Vince McMahon's wife was or is in the cabinet for small business. So at the same time, Andrew Yang is not only trying to attack the greediness of Vince McMahon, but he's going to try to attack the cabinet or a cabinet member. Accurate. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's all the politics you will ever get out of me. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. Yes, yeah, I mean it's accurate. I mean, th there's no doubt about that. Um, and 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 I think that Vince saying, "Hey, you guys can't keep doing these things," is silly because all they're doing is bringing more attention to his product. Especially if we go back and we look at the ratings from this past week, right? Um, ratings are the highest they've been in a long time, right now, for WWE programming. Uh, SmackDown last week had 2.06 million viewers on Fox. Uh, Raw had 1.72 million on USA. NXT had 838,000. Um, you know, AEW had a, had a, a million point of, uh, 0.016 million. And, um, and impact, I mean, listen, impact is impact, right? Their average is like 150,000 on access TV, but then they get another 20,000 on Twitch and then they get another, so, you know, a couple, couple thousand on Pluto. So really you're probably talking about 200,000 viewers overall for impact right now, uh, because it's so hard to get, it's so hard to watch. Um, but ratings for wrestling are the highest they've been in a while. And, and I think that it is a little bit of greed on Vince McMahon's part saying, Hey, listen, you're not allowed to do these things, even though it's bringing attention to my product because I can't capitalize on it. And I think that that's a little bit, off kilter you know what happens when you let these when you let these folks go like you did with rusev right 
he has mm-hmm. to still be able to make a name for himself. And if he can, he can start something while he's, um, while he's uh, under your, your roof, then you're being a humanist and allowing him to have something for after he leaves. And for them not to be allowed to do that means that they're always stuck under the thumb, in my opinion. I mean, Zack Ryder, yeah. Ryder wouldn't have won the Intercontinental Championship or gone over at multiple WrestleManias if he didn't have the YouTube show. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? Vince McMahon's an easy target. I'm not always defending him, but I think it's just an easy thing that for Yang to do. I mean, this came out. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm in politics let me just go after vince mcmahon and wwe you know that's the big okay vince mcmahon and i see what's going on you know that could be just the gist of it even but i i don't understand i'm not into politics either so i don't yeah. i think it's just a cheap way to get in there the discussion so my uh, my last wrestling topic tonight and i know we're going just a little bit over here uh mlw sent out an email today to their fans saying that they are going to Wednesday nights. MLW is going to Wednesday nights. They're going to jump into the Wednesday night wars. What in the hell are they thinking? Man, Court Bauer must be off his damn rocker trying to jump into the Wednesday night wars, especially when NXT is in the process of moving, you know, potentially moving to Tuesday nights. That's the big rumor right now is that NXT is just going to stay on Tuesday nights because the numbers are so much better. I don't find it good for MLW to make that decision to go up against these uh, these companies on Wednesday night. It doesn't make sense. Um, Thursday night has nothing. Mm-hmm. Has has Thursday night football. That's it right now. Yeah. So if you want to get wrestling ban- fans who like the company again, or like or watch your show, Thursday's a, Thursday's a pretty good night to uh, put it on because your Mondays are pretty full with Monday night football, Monday night raw. Tuesdays, if NXT moves there, it's NXT. It's it's Impact Wrestling. You have AEW Wednesdays. You have nothing on Thursday, and then you have Friday Night SmackDown with the pay per views on Saturday and Sunday. I mean, MLW would be making a huge mistake, uh, and I haven't watched MLW enough to know enough about them right now. But I've heard good things about a uh, MLW. A lot of good things via busted open uh, among other people telling you to watch MLW. If you mm-hmm. wrestling, you're gonna love this. This is going to, uh, this is probably gonna remove my view if if I got there. Right, right. Well, my friends, we are just about out of time at this point. We are uh, we're running up on it here, and I, I want to take just a, a minute to say thank you to Kevin for uh, for jumping in with us tonight. And remember to give him a listen over on the Philly Fan Sports Podcast. You can find that information in the description below. Make sure you go give him. And uh, and what's your, what's your co-host's name again? I'm sorry, I, I'm blanking uh, on it right it now. Is, it is Eric. And if you like hearing my complaint and my rant about AEW, just wait till I rant and complain about Philadelphia sports. Yes, I mean, it, the show is really entertaining. Um, I get a lot of my insight for... Uh, for the Sixer season this this past season, in listening to these guys a little bit um, while they were in the bubble, and and really good stuff happening there. And Tyler is on just about you know a hundred million podcasts at this point. Yeah, he's, I'm, uh, I'm he, everywhere right now. Yeah, he he he's just take you know he's taking any any anyone that'll take him on there pretty much. 
being being the media guy and uh he's writing a ton of articles for all everything entertainment under the wrestling banner there so make sure you go check all that stuff out also remember to check in with jolton joe's uh train wreck from nowheresville coming up on the weekend and uh and also i will have the first of the ccw review shows coming up this weekend here on the rewind wrestling network my friends thank you all for joining us this evening on behalf of kevin and tyler and by extension jolton joe who may or may not sue me for continuing to use that name thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of jolton joe's wrestling radio aka jolton jack's wrestling yak and we will catch you guys next week